Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of Maximum Octane. I am your host, Kim Hakey. I am super excited about my guest today, colleague of mine, and I also consider her friend, and Leanne, Leanne Williamson, but I just got to tell you, do you like my new hat? Love your new hat. I'm envious. It kind of reminded me like a chauffeur hat. And since I help drive people's <laughs> dreams and 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 all your profits and all of the stuff that we do and drive them to entrepreneurship and leadership. I'm like, I love my hat. So I'm in a hat mood Perfect. today, Leanne. Sorry about that. So I have to read Leanne off because I don't even have and stuff on here, but read it because it's too much for me to remember, especially when I'm wearing a fabulous hat like this. So <laughs> you are dis-certified, you're a certified executive coach, you're advanced profit first certified, you're engagement certified, you're DEI certified, and you were an entrepreneur and owned two fitness locations and spent a good chunk of your life with Goodyear, half as with them, for them, training, running stores, doing all of that. And then you were so fabulous that they hired you to you from your company to, to uh, run their training for them. That's was, pretty freaking awesome, Leanne. I feel very fortunate. I had some wonderful leaders that I was able to learn from and grow from in my career of 35 years or more half was with Goodyear the other half was on my own doing what I'm doing now which is working with independent dealers to educate train become more efficient at what they're trying to do and hopefully achieve their dreams while I was with Goodyear I loved managing facilities opening new ones and just kicking it off but training and educating people is really where my passion is and one of your specialties is leadership. And that's a, seems like a very simple word. And a lot of people, that's, there's a huge disconnect, right? And so one of the things that today you wanted to share some things with our, our people about was situational leadership. So wanna, you want to just wow them with your intelligence, like you wow all the rest of us. Whoa, some brilliance. Oh my goodness. I'm so nervous, Kim. You got me on timbers here. No. Uh, folks, I really nervous do. With me. No, I appreciate you having me on, Kim. Thank you very much for that because leadership really is near and dear to my heart. I do enjoy it tremendously, but we make it so overly complicated. Uh, we don't have to. When you think about leadership, it's really a series of influences you 
post through other people. So leadership is an influence process that you're looking to achieve what you're trying to do and make happen or achieve goals, et cetera, through other people. Everyone always tries so very hard to do it on their own. You don't have to. But the biggest piece of that is trying to get others going the same direction as you, influencing their behavior, helping them become uh, better than they ever thought they could be, helping them to reach their potential so then thereby you reach yours. It's a give and take. It's an influence process for both parties involved. And, and when I mentioned to Kim about situational leadership, which uh, I love very much, Kim Blanchard and Paul Hershey are the absolute ones who figured out that this is imperative for us to really get down and dirty with developing our associates and giving them what they need, Kim. So this is not new. This is, there's a whole classification of training certification for situational leadership out in the field right now with many HR firms and people doing that training from Kim Blanchard and Paul Hershey. So I feel the need, and I don't know why, in case somebody comes in partway through and hears about influencers and all of that. We're not talking about the influencers that tell you, go and buy this makeup dupe for 99 cents and have <laughs> 2 million follows on their TikTok. And, but strangely enough, those people use a lot of the same skills. The, the people that get famous as quote unquote an influencer that influence people's habits, their buying habits, their their actions. We see with TikTok and other things that these people are able to get people to do things they never would have done before. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. And so really it's it's many of the same skills, right? That we have to use in marketing and all of that. So can you explain a little bit about why you're calling it situational? Excellent. I'm so glad you asked about the situational part because that's key to it, really, Kim. And back to what you just said, not the same as the influencers like on TikTok. The biggest difference is here is really trying to help others achieve what their goals are and aligning it with where you want to go so that you're taking the journey together. That's the biggest difference. TikTok, you throw somebody out, influence them to do something, whatever. That doesn't really... That's an influencer from marketing that you said the difference. The biggest difference with us is making sure that with situational leadership in the situations, you have four styles, leadership styles that you want to pay attention to and use them accordingly to what the needs of the individual are, to who you're coaching with, who you're trying to assist in growing and developing them is the first style, Kim, is easy. That's what we all know how to do. Tell people what to do directing <laughs> 50% or more of the population is going to love to do directive behavior. Tell them how it is and just tell it like it is. And that's where they live. Then you also have the other half of the population that loves to live in delegating and that delegating style, which is considered style four, that delegating style, you got half the population who loves to just tell people what to do and disappear. They're just like, oh, you handle it. You got it. And they just disappear. What situational leadership style is about is you have a whole journey by which someone on a task or an assignment, anything they're trying to do, first, they need to know how to do it. So that's more directing. That's the first style. Style two is based on 
coaching. Okay. You're still a decision maker through style one and two, which is you're the one who makes the finality of what's going to happen because they're not quite ready. They're just not ready to be the decision maker yet. So you're still in charge as the leader. But then you cross what we call the trust line, and that's now style three, which is supporting behavior. They've gotten pretty good at it, okay? They're getting good. They're almost there where you want to turn them loose, and but not quite. So you support their behavior and allow them to start making decisions on their own for how to get the work accomplished till eventually you walk anyone through to delegating, where now it's a handoff. Congratulations. Fantastic. You did it. Now they can run on their own, continue their growth and development and get really good at something. So it's a whole journey. But here's the thing. The journey can last 30 seconds when you teach somebody something really simple all the way to something that might take a long period of time. It just depends on what the needs of the individual are. And the needs are kind of simple. The needs are based on where their confidence is and where their competency is. So confidence and competency play a part in how you decide what kind of behavior you want to share with them to help guide them through in learning something new or getting good at something they are partially good at or having their growth. So that's kind of the four styles, directing, coaching, supporting, and then delegating in a nutshell. (laughs) That was that was beautifully described, Leanne. So I see a lot. It's like there are people all the way to one side, all the way to the other. We have in the business world, doesn't matter what industry that it is, the people that just can't, they're like, oh, they're looking for that magic bullet person, you know, that just mm. they can't wait to hand over the keys and say, you do, you take care of this. Don't bother me. I'm going to do whatever. And they, they cut those people loose way too soon. And it, and it fails on both sides. You're setting both parties up for failure. And then I see a lot of people that say they want to delegate, say they want to be a leader, say they want to turn things over. And then they're in there like micromanaging every little fit thing and undermining the, the person, right, that they're putting in leadership. And it, it's very confusing and sends mixed messages for sure. And then there's also, I see a lot of leaders that want to be like, I'm the leader and toot their horn all the time, like a TikTok influencer. And the problem with that is if you're truly a good leader, you make everybody else the center of attention, everybody else shine. You're not that person. What the heck do you think is taking a lot of business owners so long to figure that out and and at least a little bit more in the middle. I like how you put that, Kim, and you're right. There is a, a period of time when someone becomes an entrepreneur, when if you remember from E-Myth or anyone who's anyone read, read anything from Michael Gerber, those three hats that person wears, they are used to multitasking. The owner is used to multitasking. So the majority of the populace, when they come into owning their own business, they're the doer. They got the hat on for the manager. They got the hat on for the technician and they got the hat on for the owner. They got three different hats. They're going in between. And just like your glimmery hat that you have on Kim, they got multiple ones too. And so they kind of get used to the rhythm of as a startup or when they begin or take on a new task or role, they just dive right on in half of them. Let's say half of the population does that where they just, I got to do it all. 
I want to trust everybody. I talk the talk, but I can't seem to walk it because I can't really give up the trust. So to me, that trust is hard to come by when they are unwilling to outstretch that to trust, I think is one of the, I know is one of the biggest issues with that. The other side of that coin is the entrepreneurs that it sounds good. I want to be this great person. I'm a business owner and this is great. Now somebody else go do all the stuff so I can say I have a business. So it's either it's two hands off or too many hands in the pot. And that finding that equals finding that sweet spot where it's it's both sides. You need them all. You do. You need it all. You don't want to be the abdicator, but you don't want to be all in the only one who knows anything either. And it's a lot of work for the leader to practice trust, learning how to trust their people, learning how to work towards making them better than they thought they could be. To me, that's the biggest thing is help them grow, help them become good at what they do so you can back away and accepting the fact that they might do it differently than you and recognize it's okay. Whatever the goals are, the journey on how you get it done doesn't have to be specifically yours. You have to open up and be willing to accept. If you influence them, that's great. If they have a different way they want to go about it, okay, as long as you're both achieving the goals that you guys want to do. Accepting that begins with trust. And that's one of the hardest things for owners, business owners to rectify with themselves is I got to trust these people to do what they're supposed to do. And that's hard. What do you say to the leaders that when you're having conversations with them, and I see this again across every business industry, it it doesn't matter, but when you have conversations with them or they implement something and you, you talk to them about it and they're like, this is the way my father did it, or this is the way my mother did it or whoever. And you know, it worked for whatever years. And, you know, this is how I cut my teeth. And we see that even now with pay. I just had a conversation with a shop owner the other day. I'm I'm embarrassed to even say out loud what pay he was wanting to offer someone. And I'm like, you're out of your mind. Where, Where are you? And he's like, well, when I worked for my father, when I was 16 or 18, you know, this is what I started at. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now with this? So what advice do you have for leaders that don't want to let go of that? Here's how it was done all before. And this this is how they have to do it because this is how I came up through the ranks. Uh, That's a great question and a great topic, Kim, that you selected for that to have a discussion about because it's still going on, always goes on. Encouragement would be to have them be willing to open up their minds to, and I'm going to throw in some diversity and some equity in here where you got to learn to go get from the past, break from the past. Having someone say that they're still, if it's 24 hours old, it's done and over with. Get away from it (laughs) and stay future focused. It's where you got to be. You're planning for your future and thinking about what's next. Give grace to whatever is over there, but Sometimes we can get into a rhythm of, we're talking about something that happened six months ago. Okay, who cares? Whatever, no offense. I'm not trying to say anything negative, but I really wish we could get past that. It happened, now what? Our super conference, we had that great speaker that came to us with what's next or now what? Now what? So what, now what? 
it's fabulous to think that and to live that. It helps you get past that. Whatever happened to you as when you were growing up helped you become who you are. Times change. We have to go with it. So learning to embrace change, recognizing that your ideas are not the only ones in the room and learning to have a more open mind to recognizing that, oh, if I think this, I need to think something else. We had Jesse Cole on the book club this morning and it was interesting the way he said it. You've gotta be open to everybody else's thoughts and ideas and forget about whatever anybody's done in the past. Forge ahead, new ideas, embrace it and try anything new. Just go the opposite direction of what everybody else is doing and do it differently. If it fails, it fails. Okay, I got one other way I know not to do it. Now what's next, <laughs> right? What's next? Yeah. That's what situational leadership will do. It helps you see that if I have over-supervised you, that's better than under-supervising. There's no call for ever under-supervising somebody. But if I over-supervise, at least I can learn that with you and get out of your way. But we can do it together. So what your question is, how do we give it? How do we get rid of the past? It's learning to embrace and accept that change is, is absolutely ongoing and never going to stop. And recognize that whatever is happening out there, if I cannot change it myself, if I can't do anything about it, then what are you spending your time thinking about it for? If you can't do anything about it, if you can't change it, then stop thinking about it. And you can't change people. You can only influence them. So leadership really is, yeah, help them see what you're thinking for sure. But you got to open your mind to see what they're trying to tell you too. Listen, there's people out there that are influencing people to eat Tide Pods or any of these other things. So I cannot, I cannot and will not believe that we as professionals and, and leaders can influence people in, in the proper way, right? And look at that. So sometimes I see the bottleneck in leaders. They want to change the entrepreneur. They want to grow. They understand they need to grow. They understand they need to develop people. They know here, yes, I, I have to do this. It's time, but they're so in the middle of fire fighting. And they're like, I can't, I can't show Leanne that right now. I don't have time. It's just quicker if I do it myself. And I can't, you know, show Kim that right now. I just, it's quicker to do it myself. I can't. How do we get out of that mindset? What advice do you have for the, our leaders that are listening to this? That churn and burn that I call it churn and burn. You're just in it. You're got, you've got caught up in a mixer trying to bake a pie or cake. You're in the mix. And you don't know how to spit yourself out. It's like I've thrown up the little mixing things and I'm spewing batter all over the walls. That's kind of <laughs> how you are, a Tasmanian devil. You know, we have we see that a lot. I would encourage that if you can, we have a lot of work, a lot of work in overdrive, a lot of work in our inside our learning management system and with the coaches on not everybody has access though for listening to that. So if if they're not oh, that's true. somebody in our family, we'll call it, um, what what other what tools can they use or what can they do? I would encourage everyone to find a system of what I call time management. And I don't want to say time management, it's not that, 
It can be as simple as a journal of what is going to happen today and start your process of a habitual meeting of your mind with calmness where you say, okay, what am I trying to accomplish today? And at the end of the day, if you do it at the end of the day, that's fine. What did I do today? What was accomplished? Gratitude journal that you have. Anyone can pick that up, but I would encourage you to start your own either book club for yourself or a book club with your neighbors, anyone around that you can create a mastermind group where you guys select a book and you study it. You read it and you study it, not just for entertainment value, but also there are nuggets that are in all the readings that you can select. I would encourage you to take that top 100 list of the best books you ever read that you need to read before you die list that's out there. Fabulous. And start with somebody. Pick the people you think are influential for you and start reading and promise yourself you'll read one book a month. That's 12 books in a year that can help you. But really, it's set aside I, I 20 minutes a day. I feel compelled. I feel compelled to jump in and say, <laughs> I don't like to read is um, not an excuse. I don't comprehend when I read is not an excuse because there's audio books. <laughs> I have That's one right. person I... I have one person I work with that literally every night his wife reads a chapter of whatever book with him because he in loves his wife. He enjoys listening to her voice. And so he stays engaged and he pays attention and she enjoys being able to read to him and he can read and he can whatever, but he just, his mind is always. And so that kind of grounds him. So there's always something that you can do. So I, I just wish everybody out there that says, I, I can't, I don't read. I can't comprehend the stuff. I, I just don't like it. Listen to it. Darn, I don't have time. That's my, Leanne, it makes me crazy because it does. you can listen to a book on tape or audible 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day and get through it. I mean, goodness gracious. But here's the other thing, guys, Kim, that's fabulous for audiobook, but you've got documentaries. TV to me is not so terrible. And I love television. I do. I enjoy the History Channel. I am just getting the kick out of all these documentaries you have access to. Cool information you didn't know anything about. Subject matters I didn't know anything about. You got learning right there accessible for you. The master classes that are out there that you can take are amazing. And not just that, what happens to TED.com? Oh my gosh, all the access you have for that that's free. You have YouTube where you can really select interesting subject matters that you want. And we're talking 20 minutes a day that you spend just on growth and development. 20 minutes. That's it. And, and it's not hard to, I mean, any, if you track or read any biographies or autobiographies or listen to any interviews of successful people, all of them start their morning with a plan and, and getting up and they have, whether it's 10 minutes for reading or 20 minutes for reading, 10 minutes for writing out their intention for the day and going into the day being prepared instead of just so reactive all the time. And so I know how hard it is when you're struggling to get the business going. I know whether you're a startup, whether you've been in there a long time, whether you're trying to transfer leadership or ownership, I know how busy and people have children and they have pets and whatever, but 
there isn't anyone in their world that can't get up 10 minutes earlier or 20 minutes earlier or go to bed 20 minutes early. I, I don't, I don't care and um, don't buy it. Uh, and, and I welcome any of you to challenge me on that. And I will help you if you want to <laughs> reach out to me with, you know, we'll go over your schedule and I will find you 10, 10 minutes, 20 minutes a day, because if you don't get out of that rat race, if you wake up right in the morning, a lot, a lot of people, they get up right in the morning, they jump, like roll out of bed into the shower, and then they're in their car going wherever. And there's no, there's no time for a mental no preparedness. Right. And yeah. you just every day, it's like what happens. And then it's almost a victim mentality. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't do any of that leadership stuff today, Leanne, because, you know, <laughs> this happened and that part was laid and this tech called in sick and, and then you're a victim. So I don't think anybody gets out of bed in the morning and says, gosh, dang it today. I cannot wait to rock it as a victim. No one, no one gets up like that. And then here comes our day and we're like, oh, this happened, that happened, and it's like, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Crazy. It is, but it's also like multitaskers who really get everything done to about 85% completion. They never actually can get anything fulfilled. One of the most glorious things about being intentional about your day, Kim, is being able to mark that thing off and it's done. I always called it typewriter effect. You can touch, 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 touch four different things you might be working on, come back and complete one. Cha-ching, typewriter, click, 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 cha-ching. That way you're finishing, but we get, it's not everyone, it's the issue of we got to do that doer mentality that happens when you're the business owner or it makes you feel really good to just be involved and it makes you feel like you're being helpful. When in some ways, I've actually heard from associates that you're actually you're in the way. The owner is in the way. Like get out of the way of your people. And it's not that they're being mean. It's just that your role is something different now. When you have talented, qualified people who can do their job, help elevate them to a higher status and just get out of their way instead of feeling like you're the one that has to be there doing it. You don't any longer. You've done your role. They're talented, so back off and get out of the way so they can flourish. That's a sign of you're being a good leader, but so many of them, it's hard to tear them away. They don't want to leave. They don't want to leave. They don't. And as much as they say they don't want to, it almost becomes a dependency that that, that they're yes. operating in that that mode. And there's definitely, and I think I've talked about it on here, <laughs> if not, I'll have to go back and through the episodes, but you know, it's a chemical, right? That you generate in, in, in your body makes when you are going crazy and you're in that uh, all the time. And so you can truly be actually addicted to stress and people don't realize it because everybody's like, I don't want stress. I want to make stress free. I want to eliminate stress. But at the same time, because we have that need for the cortisol and you know, that other (laughs) stuff, it, it, there's no other way. So You've mentioned trust a few times, and I I just would like you to touch on that a little bit because somehow we get confused, accountability, leadership, transfer of of leadership and all of that. And it's like, oh, I hired a manager, so I don't look at anything anymore. I can't look at anything. I, I can't tell people what to do or what to I expect from them because then they'll quit. Like, you know, so can you touch on the accountability for a minute? And then also 
the the trust but verify. When when you're a leader, when you put somebody in charge, you have to trust but verify, right? Can you touch on Absolutely. those? Absolutely. I'll be glad to. So trust is a belief. I have a relationship with you. I have a belief that I know you're someone that I can put faith in to accomplish something. Accountability is when, yes, I've already given you that faith. I've already given you that trust. The accountability piece is, okay, let's check in with each other and make sure we're on the same page. That's like the report card of it. So it's, I can count on you and you can count on me. It's a contract and agreement with us. The faith-based is part one. The accountability piece, the check-in is part two. You can't just leave it hanging out there. There is a check-in that you want to make sure that you both are still on the same page or your group or your team's on the same page. So accountability can be fun because it's like, hey, yeah, look how great this is. This is great. Or if it's not a, hey, yeah, we're all exciting. It's a redirect where, okay, we fell short or, okay, it's not coming the way we wanted. So let's change direction. But the one thing for sure you can't forget about that, that the faith and the belief that you're someone I can count on, great. The check-in means we're carrying on our journey. We can actually get there. And if we got to redirect, change directions, or rethink it, I love the dimming wheels, my favorite thing, plan, do, check, act, continually redirecting. And the journey can be as windy, however you need to do it. Even if it's two steps back and one step forward, at least you're moving continually. You want to go forward. Accountability is what makes it happen. Belief and faith, I got somebody I rely on. That's great. The accountability piece is we check in with each other to make sure I can count on you and you counted on me. Hope that helps. <laughs> I'll tell you, you just make it sound so darn simple. I want everybody tomorrow. <laughs> Work it's hard though. <laughs> it's it's just so funny, and and we lie to ourselves all the time. We lie, and oh, they can't help without me. That they can't run without me. I can't, you know. And it's like then then something happens, or you're really sick for a day, or you have to take off whatever. And it's like, oh, guess what? Nobody died. Guess what? Nobody died. And Isn't maybe there was amazing? a mistake. Maybe there well, was. To, I, Kim, you know. you're so right. I I don't figure out how they won't take. Us some time for something we want them to do when they'll take a whole week vacation and the place stays alive, but they'll go on vacation and then we'll want a little bit of something that can help. And I'm always fascinated by that. But then that's our role is in the influence process to help see that, help change the perspective or a belief that maybe this is something I can do, but that's what our role is with them. We work together. To work on that together because perspectives certainly are going to be different. And this is what you can embrace with trust right now with the different generations and the ownerships changing. Uh, how you used to do business is not the same as Marshall Goldsmith always said, what got you here ain't going to get you there anymore. Great book, by the way. So you have to look at this is so important now how diversity, equity, and inclusion can come into play with business. It's multi-generational. It's multi-diverse out there in all our customer base. Everyone so wide open with everyone thinking and seeing things differently that embracing that actually makes you a smart business owner 
but a, not just that, a more innovative business owner because you come up with more creative ideas when you can learn how to have faith and trust in your team, but learn to listen to them too so they can share it with you and allow them to take the lead. You can take your accolades, man, and back off, let them flourish and just help influence them to grow. Let them take the lead. I think that's a challenge that a lot of leaders have of giving up that spotlight and they don't realize that it's not intentional, but it's, it becomes their identity of, I am the firefighter at business. <laughs> I take care of everything. They need me. They can't look. And yeah. you know, it's, it's almost the same with raising children. Sometimes it's like, you think, Oh, I, I, I remember when I took my oldest son to, to preschool for the first time for socialization and all. And I thought he's going to be devastated. He is going to be, cause he's with me all the time. He comes to the shop with me. We do all these cool things together and he is going to just be, and I just prepped myself cause I knew he was going to have a meltdown and just fall <laughs> apart. And we walked up, he saw the other kids. He turned around and said, bye mom. And just ran off. I, I was <laughs> almost in a fetal position. Cause I'm like, wait, aren't you, you're, aren't you sad? You need me. You need me. You need me. And you know what? <laughs> there are things you needed me for, but certainly not that. But in my head, I'm telling you, Leanne, for weeks, I was like, oh, dreading. Oh, I'm going to take him there. This is going to be horrible. There's going to be this, you know, he's going to have separation Aww. anxiety and all this stuff. And he's like, later. See you, Mom. I, I, yeah. <laughs> so should we get it? You know, we have to think about those things and, and learn from those lessons, right? We're not that important. We, we're really in the big scheme of life, not that important. And, and, right. and things go on. So one of the things, as you know, Leanne, that I love to ask my guests is to share with us a, a unproductive habit you had or something you did that helped make you more successful and become the successful leader you are today. Unproductive habit. I'm, we had a book that we just read by Michael Bungay Sayer, The Advice Trap. Uh, I am a, I like to help and I like to assist. And come find out that actually can get annoying, uh, feel like you're infringing on other people's work. So I, I did that forever, always throughout my entire career. How might I help? Absolutely. But come find out that there's appropriate times to do that and appropriate times not to, even with friends where you put yourself out there. One time ask is enough and then back away. I still work on that habit continuously. But in the advice trap, he talks about that where, you know, there are fix it people who just feel they're the only ones who can fix it. They're saving I people. I feel like I have to say, I hope all of you that are in-laws are listening to this. We don't always need... Or want your advice? Exactly. advice? We don't. Is not advice is not always welcome. Whether it's your best friend, a family member, your in-laws, your significant, it's not always welcome, and it's not always needed. So, uh, and it you're deprived when you're always mine. jumping out there. Yeah, when you're always jumping out there with that advice, sometimes you deprive the other person from the process of figuring it out, finding so, their own. Well, thank you for I learned to be a better listener. I learned to be a better listener along the journey is really what it turned out to be because I always would dive in. I always thought I had to be the fix it and the save it or whatever. And you don't, it took me a while. I took a managing for productivity course back when I was with Goodyear 
and I was managing all wrong. And uh -huh. I always share this story because I do know that you can morph and become a better leader because I wasn't. And then when I came back from this three-day class, I went and bought a flip chart, started having my team meetings and my sit downs with some of the guys. And they were like, who is this person? They swore a pod person <laughs> came back. <laughs> and we had, I even took them to dinner every quarter and we had celebrations and then Christmas presents. And they thought, oh my God, who is this? And it worked beautifully. I was recognized for our shop becoming the most profitable shop within six months of opening the door. And it was great for Goodyear, but I wouldn't have been able to do it had they not sent me to that class to teach me that I was doing it all wrong. I was only doing what I had experienced and been done to me. And of course, I'm a workaholic, so it didn't help. It just made things worse because I would do it or get fired. I'll find somebody else, whatever. No development, no nothing. <laughs> you know, it was horrible. So I know you can learn and apply what you learn. I know you can. Was it easy? Absolutely not. Is it difficult? And will people think you're nuts? You betcha. But you know what? The reward is worth it if you're willing to put yourself out there and make the changes and recognize that you're going to screw it up and you're going to foul up. And that's okay. You can get better and take the feedback from others and they'll help you. And it just builds more confidence as you go and you'll get better at it. So that's my well, nugget, Kim. Thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge today and also uh, some of your personal experiences. And I always enjoy our time together and uh, for everybody else, I get to talk to Leanne. So I'm pretty darn lucky <laughs> when I, whenever I want so to. So the best of you are, uh -huh, uh -huh. so <laughs> for, 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 as always, I sign off with uh, stay safe, make good choices, stay inspired. And I will be back next week. Thank you again so Thanks, much, Leanne. This was fabulous. You rock. Thank Bye -bye. you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.